Hey, you hungry? This hockey season, Domino's has you covered. How about enjoying the game with a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99? But Domino's is more than just pizza. Add in some delicious side dishes like pasta or chicken wings. And don't forget to try the irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Whether it's watching the big game, in a hurry, or just because. Trust Domino's to satisfy that hunger. Head on over to dominoes.ca to order now. That's dominoes.ca. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a pre-NHL trade deadline edition of TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Great show for you today. Batting leadoff, as he usually does, Travis Jost from TSN.ca. He'll be on in just a moment. From hockey graphs to talk some Calgary Flames and things out west, Mike Fail and some NHL fantasy hockey talk. James Harding. DraftKings has a World Hockey Championship tournament going on today, tonight. So he's from NHL.com and DraftKings. will give you some NHL fantasy tips. And, of course, Heroes and Zeros with Scott Cullen from TSN. .ca. But let's kick things off. And, hey, if anything breaks during the show, we'll keep our eye on tsn.ca as well. Travis Yost on the Domino's Canada delivery line. Travis, how's it going, man? Nothing better break for these uh, 60 minutes. Nothing better <laughs> happen now. <laughs> no, uh, Travis, you've, you've uh, been fancying yourself a little bit of a, uh, a Senator's insider as of late, right? You're, you're putting things out there. You're, you're breaking some news. Let's, let's talk about Eric Carlson. And we chatted about it last week. He's top of the TSN trade, uh, trade bait list. Do you forecast anything being done by this Monday, given what he can do for a team that, that could go on a nice playoff run? Oh, there, there's so many wrinkles and layers to this. So this is a, I, I'll speak in a general sense. I think it's 50-50-ish. I, Bob McKenzie said the same thing last week, so I'm kind of stealing his line here. I think it's 50-50-ish. He's moved by Monday. But more to the point, I think it's 99.999. He is traded by July. Um, this, is, this is going to happen, whether it's tomorrow or Monday or in the uh, in the off season, Eric Carlson will be traded, uh, and and the the interesting discussion or debate comes for Ottawa is what do you do? Do you do it now or do you do it in the summer? And there, there's pros and cons to both, right? So they've got clearly they have Tampa Bay teed up as a trade uh, trade party here for Eric Carlson, and that's all fine and well, but Tampa Bay's kind of looking around and saying, look, there's no other super serious bidder right now. Number one, number two. We know we are a preferred destination for Eric Carlson in unrestricted free agency. So, yeah, we get it. He's a, he's a superstar player, and we're going to offer a, a decent package here. But we're not going to go above and beyond. We're going to try and avoid trading any of our roster players. We'll give you a first-round pick. We'll give you maybe one of our best prospects not in the NHL team. And we'll try and work something around that. Uh, what I think Ottawa needs more than anything in the world right now is a second serious bidder, whether that's Vegas um, who I think would be the second most sensible team, or a Dallas. And again, this is merely speculation on my behalf here, but they need a second team to try and out-leverage Tampa Bay here because the sense around the league, which this, this part is bizarre to me, but this is the perception around the league. It's that Ottawa has to move Carlson either now or in the next few months, and everyone knows it, so everyone's waiting him out. And I, I, can't, I can't imagine what the reaction is going to be when he's traded. 
especially if it's at the deadline, because I don't think he is going to get nearly the type of package that Suns fans probably think he's worth. Well, and that's what it comes down to. Does Ottawa really have to trade him right now? Because, yeah, if there is not a, a serious bidder, and let's face it with the, the contract he would command now and in the future, that's that's troublesome. Like, how How desperate do you think Ottawa will be to move him? And if not, is that the end of the world? See, see, this is it gets it. It all comes back to leverage, and yeah. Ottawa can absolutely punt here. They, there's no doubt about it. They can punt, but again, I, I am extremely skeptical that Eric Carlson, under current ownership and current structure, has any desire to sign a max contract in free agency. And if 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 Ottawa punts, which they can absolutely do here at the trade deadline, they're going to play another month and a half of hockey in a meaningless season and have mm-hmm. one year left on the contract. And everyone around the league is going to know he's going to be traded. So, again, I you're, you're kind of looking at a crystal ball here. Yes, there will surely be many more suitors in the offseason because the cap space is going to be available. Teams might even be a little bit more desperate, especially teams on rebound in rebound positions like Edmonton, for example. Um, but the the offset is who's actually going to go above and beyond? Unless you can create a true bidding war, a lot of the teams are going to say, yeah, we'll we'll offer a nice package, but we're not giving you the 10 out of 10 package because right. we know he's going to free agency. And more to that point, let's say you're in Edmonton, for example, and let's say you think you even have a decent shot at landing Earl Carlson in the trade, and he's not on your no-trade list. The problem still comes back to Tampa Bay is a preferred destination for Eric Carlson. That is a fact. And if you're Edmonton, how much do you reasonably offer – knowing that, when he could walk in a year yeah. and go sign a max deal with Tampa Bay. So there's just so many different wrinkles to the story, and it's, it's not an easy situation for Ottawa to navigate at all. But, you know, I, I feel bad for them because it's a tough spot, but at the same time, they're kind of the ones that put themselves in this position. It's true. In conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost. We're chatting with him on the Domino's delivery line. Domino's has you covered this weekend, folks. You can grab a large four-topping pizza for just eleven ninety-nine. Try some of the delicious side dishes like pasta, boneless chicken, carry-out or delivery at Domino's.ca, Domino's.ca. Travis, as part of this deal, Bobby Ryan, the contract, we know they want to get rid of it. I, is that something you need? The Ottawa needs to package or will try to package in the Carlson deal, or is that going to put too much of a dent in the return? Um, it, it, it really depends on if they can get a two- or three-team or four-team trade going. I heard as wow. recently as of yesterday that they could even be looking at a four-team trade scenario. Um, if you thought the complexity behind the Derek Broussard deal uh, was, was something, uh, you haven't <laughs> seen anything until you see the, the machinations that they're working on with this, this type of trade. Um, the, the Bobby Ryan thing, this is why I come back to Vegas. Like, it, that is the type of team that can say, yeah, we'll, we'll take Bobby Ryan. No harm, no foul. We can retain money. We've got a gazillion dollars in cap space. We're the best team in the West. I think they're best in the NHL still. We, he could fit into our long-term plans. Whereas a Tampa Bay, who is clearly um, the top suitor right now, can't reasonably get a Bobby Ryan contract to make sense unless big money's going the other way. Maybe a Ryan Callahan type player. Right. Um, but even then, it probably wouldn't balance. So you're going to need a third team where an Ottawa and Vegas trade can happen one-to-one. So that that's kind of comes back to the original point of can Ottawa seriously get a second team in the next 24, 48 hours um, to, to try and make a, to try and make this trade happen. But again, it all comes back to how did we get here and, and is there any hope of retention? I, I, I just, at this stage of the game, I, I, there's no chance Eric Carlson's staying in Ottawa long term. Um, someone two days ago 
uh, told me uh, plain as day he wants out on the worst day, end quote. And that's mm. that's kind of the situation they're staring at right now. So they've got to find more suitors here before Monday. Interesting. And you mentioned the Derek Broussard trade. Okay, so this is this was a weird deal. He's off to Pittsburgh. You uh, Okay, your thoughts on the deal overall. And from the Vegas Golden Knights perspective, why be a part of this deal? That's kind of been the biggest question. Why are you a part of it? I don't. I don't understand. I, like <laughs> the the Vegas. Like I, it's so weird, and not even weird in a bad way. It's just so weird that like the, the speculation on Twitter was that Vegas was doing Pittsburgh a favor. Are they and just I'm helping? Like, like I don't know. It, it, it seems like they're taking on a year and a half of forty percent of Broussard's uh, cap hit for a fourth round pick. And I, I'm sorry. A fourth-round pick. Picks are great. No one likes draft picks more than me. I think their lottery tickets get more as many as you can. A fourth-round pick is immaterial. And to take on that type of money, we're not talking about, like, you know, eight hundred grand off of a half of a Michael Grabner contract. Derek Broussard is making a pretty fair bit of money here. So I don't don't really see what Vegas really has in this. So there's two two prevailing thoughts, three prevailing thoughts. One is – that they're doing a Pittsburgh a favor, and I can't possibly believe that to be true. The second is that they genuinely really, really like Ryan Reeves. And while I think that's possible, do you ever look at Vegas and think they need, like, another another forward or another winger? Like, Not, they, no. they pretty much smoked everyone. They run four lines pretty competently, and everyone they go get, Ryan Carpenter, Thomas Higa, like, these guys just come in and score goals automatically. It's the most bizarre thing. So I, I struggle with that. Um, I struggle with the Pittsburgh theory. The third theory, and this is conspiracy. I have not heard anything along these lines, um, so let me be clear about that. Okay, dish. But, but Vegas keeping Broussard out of the West and avoiding Winnipeg, plus avoiding him going to Winnipeg, which could be a potential Leinster Conference Finalist opponent, or, or that Vegas is trying to help Ottawa clear cap space and tried to help facilitate the trade because they want to get in on this Eric Carlson mega deal. Whether they are the ones receiving Eric Carlson or whether they are going to be a third team in an Eric Carlson trade. Wow. Now that 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 to me, even though it is I have not heard anything along those lines, of the of the three or four things we talked about, that could make the most sense. And the reason why is Vegas can fit Carlson tomorrow. They can fit Bobby Ryan and Carlson tomorrow. And even if they aren't, you know, the landing spot for Eric Carlson, let's say Ottawa and Tampa Bay work out that trade. Vegas can really reap the benefits being the third-party team in that, and Tampa Bay would willingly engage Vegas because Vegas is a Western Conference team. So if Tampa Bay pings Vegas as, hey, look, we need to wheel assets through you guys to make make the financials work, Vegas can help facilitate that further, and they would have done so by helping them get off the Derek Broussard contract. I, I think that makes more sense than the other options, but hmm. again, that, that's a dart throw. Boy, that that's interesting though, Travis. That makes a lot of sense, right? Because it, it it would make this Broussard deal. It would give reason to it, right? It would be like, okay, this is why that kind of happened to facilitate that. Because on its own, it's weird, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's strange. Travis, real quick, uh, one more before uh, we go. Let's talk William Carlson, the other Carlson. So they'd have two Carlsons if they got that. Uh, Thirty-three goals, converting twenty-four percent of his shots after last night's win over the Canucks for Vegas. Uh, that line, that first line involving Carlson, Neal, and uh, March or so, best in the league. Can you make your, your case in uh, 60 seconds? Uh, yeah, they get 58% shots, 58% of the scoring chances, 67% of the goals, and I think they play every single shift and have the entire year in the offensive zone. I went to the Vancouver game last night at, at T-Mobile, and 
it is you don't even need to read the numbers on the back of the jerseys to know when Vegas has that line on the ice. It, it's very reminiscent. I mean, there there are other comparatively great lines like the Patrice Bergeron line in Boston, but it, it's very reminiscent to me of that old Sedin line about four or five years ago oh, okay. in Vancouver when you could never get the puck from them, and it was a mix of they pass the puck too well, they skate too well, they work the boards too well, they're too agile. They they just have so much complementary skill sets between one another, and 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 let's be honest, like regardless of whether William Carlson is a thirty plus goal scorer or not. Um, he has a legitimate chance now to win the Rocket Richard. He's three back of Ovechkin. He's got 33 goals. That's insane. And I insane. think he just leapfrogged Kucherov. <laughs> what? This Vegas season is so weird. But it's a, it's, it's it's a lot bizarre. of fun. It's a lot of fun. Travis, it's bizarre. thank you so much, buddy. Let's do it again next week. All right. Take care, Andy. All right, Travis. Yo, follow his work, tsn.ca. How about that? Some conspiracy theory wheeling the web of possibilities of how that Broussard and Carlson trade or maybe trade could make sense. Get him on Twitter at Travis Yost. We're going to take the break. On the other side, Mike Fail from Hockey Graphs. We'll talk Calgary Flames and swing around the West in the NHL. A lot more coming up on an NHL trade deadline preview edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Now Sam Bennett picks it up and sends it out to center to Sean Monahan. He steps in, loses the puck, finds it, drops it, Johnny Gaudreau shoots and scores! What a move and what a goal by Johnny Gaudreau, who gives the Flames a 2-1 lead. Johnny Hockey, so we come back to a pre-NHL trade deadline edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, across the TSN radio network. Make sure to get us on Twitter, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. If you missed any of the show or want to go back, hear the whole thing, or past episodes, no problem. iTunes, SoundCloud, TSN1050.ca show page, all have you covered. And, of course, we'll tweet the links out as well. Still to come to the show, NHL Fantasy Talk from James Harding. He's from NHL.com and DraftKings, as well as Heroes and Zeros with TSN.ca's Scott Cullen. But joining me now on the Domino's delivery line, Mike Fail from Hockey Graphs. And folks, remember, Domino's has you covered this weekend. Get a large four-topping pizza for this $11.99. Side dishes, they're delicious. Pasta, boneless chicken, carry-out or delivery at Domino's.ca, Domino's.ca. Mike, how's it going, man? Great. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Listen, let's start with the Calgary Flames. They're currently on the outside, looking in at a playoff spot. Trade deadline comes on Monday. Number one priority for Calgary to try and upgrade their team, in your opinion? Uh, scoring winger. Preferably somebody who's a right-hand shot. Uh, they've definitely struggled in that department all year. You know, The only right-hand shots they have right now are Troy Brower, Garnet Hathaway, and Curtis Lazar, and to a lesser extent, uh, Merrick Rivick with uh, Christopher Stieg on the IR. Um, they they really need some help there, uh, especially since they're kind of a pedestrian goal-scoring team and they're not really generating much. And if you kind of look down the lineup, it's really, really weak on the right side. You know, Michael Furland has had a pretty great year, but it, whether or not he continues to shoot, you know, 17% in all situations, they're just, uh, just under 17% at five versus five. It's, it's kind of up in the air and he's kind of banged up right now. And Michael, you know, Michael Furland has had a kind of a rough go here over the last little while with the, uh, broken jaw and you know a lot of gaps and not a lot of puck luck and he's not really shooting great so you, you kind of need to look at the top six and say hey if they can add like a Michael Hoffman or 
somebody like you know of that quality for the right price i think it would really go a long way and not only that they need some help on the power play um you know they've had that kind of percentage boost as expected by you know putting dougie hamilton out there for the first time and God knows how long in the first, you know, the first unit. And Matthew Kachuk has been incredible as a sophomore. But um, if they could add somebody, you know, to the first unit or even to the second unit, I think it'd go a long way to make that playoff push uh, more realistic. So we look at at the Flames there, and we played it coming in. Johnny Gaudreau, phenomenal season. Maybe doesn't get the respect he deserves out east here. If you were voting for the league MVP, make your case to why Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey, could push for the heart or someone else you feel that's also worthy. It, yeah, it's tricky because, like, I love the Flames and I love Johnny Gaudreau, and I think he's fantastic. But if you look at the, the resume that Taylor Hall's put up this year, mm-hmm. um, especially in Alberta, people are going to lose their mind over it if he wins it. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm firmly in that camp. Like, I, I think if you look at Johnny Gaudreau specifically um, and his relationship with the Flames and, you know, how valuable he's been, like, he's, he's leading the team in individual points as five versus five. He's leading the team at five versus five primary points. He's got the second-best penalty differential on the team next to Matthew Kachuk. Um, so he's putting the team in positions to succeed and create offense and, and really win. Um, his shot rates, uh, individual, from an individual perspective, they're the best of his career. Um, and, you know, if you look back at that era under Bob Hartley briefly, um, you could see the makings of, you know, what a great player he would be if, they played a style and uh, adhered to a system that was beneficial to those types of players and those skill sets. So um, if you look down that way, um, and then from, from just a general offensive perspective of the team, you know, the second line, you know, backland for a week in Kachek, we'll get to it, I'm sure, at some point. But they struggled in producing goals this year, and a lot of the offenses actually just ran to Johnny Goodrow this season. So he's assisted on 21% of the Flames' five versus five goals, and 14.91% of those five versus five goals have been with a primary assist. So he's so valuable in the sense that, um, you know, when other players on the team are struggling, they can kind of just rely on him to be that driver of offense. And he's helped facilitate this offensive breakout that Michael Phelan has had. And to some extent, uh, Sean Monaghan, they've, they're kind of like this dynamic duo that gets attention, but maybe they don't deserve, they deserve more, frankly, in my opinion. And, you know, Johnny Gaudreau, He's going to play a full season this year shooting, you know, where he should be uh, relative to last season. You know, he struggled quite a bit, and most of the team, you could say, down the stretch had some struggles there. But uh, he's just so impressive, and it's hard to believe that, you know, somebody so diminutive in size could be so full of, you know, skill and raw talent. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned Taylor Hall, of course, and it depends really on what your definition of the Hart Trophy or league MVP should be. If it's most valuable to your team – period, as in if he was not there, the team would be in free fall, then yeah, but it seems to often go away from that, right? Like, it's just like whoever got the most points. Yeah, I totally agree, but I think if, I think maybe the Hart Trophy deserves a a rework at some point in Mm -hmm. the near future where we start evaluating, you know, if we could find some way of actually measuring relative value across the league. I mean, it's really easy to scapegoat and be like, oh, Sidney Crosby, Conor McDavid, but like, sure. You, you look at that resume that Taylor Hall has this year, like the Devils are a noticeable team because of them. And I think maybe there has to be some sort of, I wouldn't say like marketing around it, but like there has to be that, that intrinsic, you know, off ice aspect that makes this team relevant as well. And um, he's putting them in the news for, I guess, for some people across the league, they would say for the right reasons. Um, hmm. But, you know, here at Edmonton, uh, you could say that some of the comments he's made this year have, uh, 
probably rub people the wrong way, and I think it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think it's going to come down to you know a guy like Taylor Hall and probably somebody else who's a big name. And but I, at the end of the day, like I, I don't think people should forget about Johnny, you know Johnny Gaudreau. Like he's the type of player that this league needs, and that you know thirty other teams desperately should be looking for every draft year. Absolutely. In conversation with Mike Fail from Hockey Graphs on Twitter at Mike Fail. Uh, Mike, and you mentioned you're in Edmonton, so we talked about what the Flames might need. How about the Oilers? What do you think their stance is going to be at the deadline? Because what a disappointment, of course, right? You got all the hype the last year, and then you just come crashing down. And should they be looking at a scoring winger to fill that void that they created for themselves in Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle? They should, but uh, I think the, the, the <laughs> I'm trying to be as objective as possible, Andy. But <laughs> right. man, it's it's like Christmas morning nonstop for me. Like every day, there's a meltdown, and you know, around what's going on with this team, the direction that they're going with McDavid and um, Leon Dreisaitl, and you know, I think they should be smart and just sell everything that they can this year, and then, I mean, like Peter Shirelli obviously is a, a candidate to possibly be. Uh, maybe removed from his position in this off season. And I, there's some tangible reasons why. And uh, I guess like the hockey analyst in me, quote unquote, would say, yeah, it'd probably be a good idea. But if they could solve without mortgaging somebody like Oscar Clefbaum, um, I think it'd be a great idea just from a, a team perspective. You know, they, they're not going to get anything for Ryan Strom if they manage to find a deal for him. Like he's, you know, the third line center, they're not going to be able to trade much for him. Uh, they don't really have much in terms of assets um, that are worth building around uh, that you could trade. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, you, you, you're you not going to get much or right. they're not going to trade like a killer Yamamoto. But I think they really need to go out there and start looking maybe at kind of like the lesser options that you wouldn't expect. Like, I'd look at maybe a team like Columbus and see what you could do there. Okay. And, um, uh, like... And it's kind of a team that I've been looking at for, you know, if the Flames could trade with. But, like, if they could make a package maybe around getting somebody like an Oliver Borkstrand or, like, that type of player, young, not really talked about as much at the NHL level, you know, somebody of that player type, not specifically him, because I think he'd be great as a Calgary Flame if that option was, you know, an existing option. But um, those types of players, you want cheap options that have tangible skill um, that can play with McDavid for a couple of years or two before they become overpriced, possibly, um, because their numbers get padded and things like that. Um, but there's not really, they don't really have a lot of options outside of like more trading Patrick Maroon at the deadline and other players like that. Dark times in Edmonton. Mike, thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, I think so. All right, Mike Fail from Hockey Graphs on Twitter, at Mike Fail. We're going to take the break. On the other side, James Harding with some NHL fantasy advice. If you have any hockey fantasy questions, you can tweet at jharding underscore hockey at andymc81. He's from NHL.com and DraftKings. That's coming up next on TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Redwings win the draw and drill the puck down the ice. Saros stops it. Zuban circles the Nashville goal, comes up through the left circle, and he finds Smith behind the D. Here's Greg Smith. He scores! Greg Smith scores! 
Welcome back to TSN Hockey Analytics. It's a pre-NHL trade deadline edition of the program. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, and you can get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81 on iTunes, SoundCloud, the podcast, TSN1050.ca show page. We'll tweet out the links as well. All right, it's time. Time, folks, from Fantasy Hockey Talk, NHL Fantasy from NHL.com and DraftKings. We bring on James Harding on the Domino's delivery line. And, folks, I'm telling you, hey, Domino's had you covered this weekend. You're watching the games, watching the Olympics, whatever. Grab a large four-topping pizza for just $11.99. Side dishes like pasta and boneless chicken, carryout, or delivery at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. James, I know you love your pizza, baby. Well, I mean, I'm in the pizza capital of, uh, of North America, down in down in New York, so I've been known to have a slice or two every once in a while. There you go. And if you're up in the Toronto area, you'd only go to Domino's.ca, of course. Of course, absolutely. Naturally. Absolutely. Naturally. <laughs> Good man. Hey, you know what? Let's start off our fantasy talk with... Stock up. Stock down. All right. Give me your two stock up fantasy for this weekend, please. Starting out, uh, stock up for this weekend. Ryan Carpenter from the Vegas Golden Knights, third-line winger for them right now. Uh, He has uh, points in back-to-back games, seven points, uh, four goals, three assists, and 17 shots on goal in his past six games, skating on the third line out there with Cody Eakin and Tomas Nosek. Uh, Ten of his 11 points this season – Six goals and four assists have come in his past 10 games overall. He's a great value player at the moment in DraftKings with a salary under $4,500. And in Yahoo leagues, he's only owned in 2% of leagues right now. And when you look at his output for them, 10 points in 15 games so far. He only had five points in 28 career games when he was playing with the San Jose Sharks. So you just look, everything that Vegas seems to touch, and no pun intended, turns to gold this season. It is unbelievable (laughs) how these guys just have produced and produced and produced everybody who touches the ice for them. So I, I love Ryan Carpenter right now. And then my other guy is Craig Smith from Nashville, skating on the second line there with uh, Kyle Terrace and Kevin Fiala. Uh, 25% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He's a six-game point streak uh, with two goals, four assists. Uh, He's skating on the top power play unit with Phil Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, and P.K. Subban out there. Uh, And he has two power play points um, in his six-game point streak. So uh, two stock-ups right there. All right, so those are ones that whether you're playing in the DraftKings contest or your league play, you might want to slot in this weekend. Who are a couple of stock downs who we should be avoiding? Yeah, a couple of guys and and a couple of really big names here. Number one, David Pasternak from the Boston Bruins. Um, Still skating on the first line there with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, but he had snapped a four-game pointless streak on Monday with a goal against Calgary but then he was shut out against the Oilers the other day. So it's one point in his last six games. Uh, the Bruins have been <clears throat> have been up and down as of late, and Pasternak has been known as a streaky player in the past. He can be hot for long periods of time, but then he can go cold as well. Um, he's still young. He's still developing, but he's going through one of those cold streaks right now, and uh, they have a, a difficult schedule 
coming up, and, and I just I'm not a big fan of where he is right now, so I'd be avoiding him. And then my other stock down player to avoid at the moment, Evgeny Kuznetsov from the Capitals, skating on the second line there with Brett Connolly and TJ Ochi. Uh, he's pointless in back-to-back games, and he only has one point in his past five games. They have a favorable matchup tonight against the Sabers, but then they have matchups in three of their next four games against Columbus, Toronto, and Anaheim. All very, very tricky matchups. So I'm not really sure when he's going to break out of his funk. He does have uh, 55 points in 61 games this season, but he's down right now. All right, so that was stock up, stock down, in conversation with James Harding, NHL fantasy expert from NHL.com and DraftKings on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. Okay, James, three quarters of the season is done, so we like doing a little awards here and there, right? So three quarter of the season awards. Let's go through. So I'll lead you through each one. So we'll go a four, your top fantasy forward, your top fantasy defenseman, and a goaltender. Let's start with forward. Forward, I am going to stick with my pick from the last time around when we did this, and that was Nikita Kucherov. Um, but the, the gap has closed between him and now Evgeny Malkin from the Pittsburgh Penguins, who has just been on an absolute tear as of late. But I'm still giving the slight edge to Kucherov there. 80 points, uh, 32 goals, 48 assists on the season. Obviously, we know how good Tampa Bay is. And he has produced no matter whether he's been with Braden Point, where he is now, or Steven Stamkos on the second line. But I'm going with Kucherov in a couple of weeks, so that could change if Malkin stays as hot as he does. All right, and what about on the blue line? John Klingberg from Dallas is my pick right now. Uh, Seven goals, 47 assists, so it's 54 points. Leads NHL defenseman, 47 assists, leads them as well. Uh, he's played very solid all around in every aspect of the game. 19 power play points, 149 shots on goal. He's on their top pair at even strength. He's running the point on that potent first power play unit with Sagan and Ben and Radulov out there. So I really like where Klingberg is. But again, you have a couple of guys like a Shane Gossespierre, P.K. Subban, even Brent Burns making a late season charge right now. But for me, it's still Klingberg. Okay, and finally, your three-quarter of the season award for goaltending. Yeah, this one might be a little surprising. The last time around we did this, it was Andre Vasilevsky. I have him second right now, and I have Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets, actually, as my number one fantasy goaltender by a smidge. Um, 32 wins is just behind Vasilevsky. Six shutouts, again, second to Vasilevsky. Um, He's top ten in both save percentage and goals against average. And I just think that when you expand everything out, and I know this is fantasy and it's by the numbers, but when you expand everything out and you look at who made the bigger impact, uh, Tampa Bay was already a top team in the league. Winnipeg was not. And, And I think that even in fantasy, that still means something of how valuable a player is to their franchise. But I think at the end of the year, it's still going to be Vasilevsky. But for right now, I'm giving it to Hellebuck. And James, uh, reported about an hour ago from TSN's Mark Masters, Austin Matthews is expected to be out around 10 days, according to Coach Mike Babcock. He says uh, they say day-to-day, and that usually means around 10 and go from there. So that's, that's something for fantasy rosters this weekend to keep in mind for, uh, for Matthews being out. That's a, a huge ding to the Maple Leafs. 
Oh, absolutely. But it gives a lot more value to a player like a Nazem Kadri or a Tyler Bozak uh, who should see more uh, situational playing time at, at in all situations offensively at even strength and on the power play going forward until Matthews uh, comes back. So uh, a guy like Bozak there would be a great uh, player to target $4,400 tonight, even though they are playing the Bruins in a tough matchup. So I, I like uh, a player like Bozak getting a bump from a situation like that. I was going to ask you about that. Okay, so I'm going to edit my lineup as we speak and get uh, Bozak in there as a, uh, maybe a, on the utility side of things. I like that. I like that. Okay. So we'll, we'll pop in Bozak. Um, and James, hey, you know what? Now, you're in New York, so you can't come up, but uh, there is a... It's the World Hockey Championship down at Real Sports today for DraftKings and uh, some of the, the world's finest. we got some media members as well signing up for the, uh, the contest here uh, for DraftKings. That's going to be at Real Sports to uh, really just have a, a big fantasy event. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have to get you up here next time. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a great showing up there. I think uh, they're really going to have a great turnout. It's going to be an exciting event for, for DraftKings for sure. Um, I know they're very pumped about it. Yeah, and of course, for uh, James, if you need any fantasy hockey advice, you can get them on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. And on DraftKings, you can do your classic lineup with the salary cap, your pick 'em style, whatever the case might be. And uh, yeah, James, we'll we'll see what happens from the trade deadline next week. We'll we'll sift through the the fallout and see if there's any fantasy implications from any deals that are made because that obviously late in the season, whether it's league or daily play, that can have a big impact. Oh, absolutely, and you're already going to see the impact uh, uh, tonight with the fallout from that trade from Pittsburgh. I think if Derek Broussard gets into the lineup tonight for the Penguins, he has a chance to skate on the third line centering Jake Gensel and Phil Kessel. That would be most teams' second lines right there, and that's what the Penguins are running out as their third line. So, you know, look at Gensel and Broussard tonight. If Broussard uh, ends up skating and getting in there, I think that would be a great value stack for a lot of players. I was going to say, like coming to a new team the first game, do you shy away from that? Or, or j- just as you said, the talent around him is just too great to ignore? The talent around him is too great to ignore, but with a player like Broussard, he's such a, 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 an established veteran player that he has that ability to play with anybody. He has that chemistry with a lot of guys. And, yeah, he had been playing incredibly well with Mark Stone as of late, which I think is going to bode well for him just because it's one thing if he was down and hadn't, scored in a while or had been very up and down, but he's been hot as of late. And I think that this is just going to give him a little bit more of an extra confidence boost, an extra jump in his step, saying, okay, I just went from a team that's a non-contender to a team that's a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And I think that that does a lot for a player's confidence, and especially with how hot he's been as of late. That'll be interesting. James, thank you so much, man. We'll do it again next week. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. James Harding, NHL fantasy expert from NHL.com and DraftKings on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. We'll take the break, finish off the show with Heroes and Zeros from Scott Cullen on TSN.ca. A lot more coming up on TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. They're battling for back to Dixon Freak Chuck to Hamilton. He scores! Dougie Hamilton fires a laser right off the bottom of the crossbar and in. And a power play goal makes it 1-0 Flames. 
Back to wrap up another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics, a pre-NHL trade deadline edition. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. On Twitter, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. Get us on iTunes, SoundCloud, tsn1050.ca show page. And folks, I welcome on our next guest. He's ringing in on the Domino's delivery line. And folks, listen. Domino's has you covered this weekend, okay? You can grab a large four-topping pizza for just $11.99. Delicious side dishes like pasta, boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert, carry or delivery. They got you. Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Scott Cullen, how's it going, bud? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? I am doing well. And this is why people tune in. They tune in for this. It's time for the best, best. and worst of the NHL this week. Hockey analytics, heroes, and zeros. With Scott Cullen and Andy McNamara. Well, a little bit of a giveaway on the the rejoin music. Dougie <laughs> Hamilton starts off the heroes for you. He does. Uh, six goals, 10 assists in his past 14 games, uh, running 55% of course, 54% of scoring chances. Uh, right now, only P.K. Subban um, has more goals among defensemen than Dougie Hamilton's 14. Uh, and uh, I think you can make a pretty strong argument that Hamilton and partner Mark Giordano are, are the league's best pair on defense when they're together. Uh, Flames are getting 57.5% of the shot attempts, 57% of the scoring chances. That's, uh, and they do that up against the top top line that, uh, on the opposition every night. It's uh, it's impressive stuff, and, and I don't know that Dougie Hamilton is quite getting the, the notoriety that he deserves because he, he's been pretty awesome lately. And number two hero, the Ghost, makes an appearance. That's right, he Ghost appears. Bear. Uh, <laughs> Shane Gostas Behar uh, has 16 points in the past 11 games, one goal and 15 assists. And, and now he's been outshot in that time. Of course, he's under 49%, but has over 54% of the scoring chances. And when he's on the ice at 5-on-5, five five, the Flyers have outscored the opposition 12-2. to two. Um, He's been paired with Ivan Provorov uh, on Philadelphia's top pair, which is Good news for Ivan Provorov because he gets away from Andrew McDonald. Uh, and remember, uh, a couple of years ago when uh, when Gostas Behar kind of burst onto the scene and you put up 46 points in 64 games, and oh my gosh, that was amazing. Well, he has 49 points in 57 games this year. His, uh, his .86 points per game ranks second uh, among defensemen behind John Klingberg. So those are the best, now to the worst, and we go to Josh Bailey to kick off the zeros. And, and saying worst for Josh Bailey would be a little harsh, but this is, uh, call this a cautionary tale here. Uh, Josh Bailey just has two points in his past six games, only 40% of the course and 34% of the scoring chances. Um, and, and he just signed a six-year, $30 million contract extension with the Islanders. Mm. Uh, and this comes at a time, I mean, he's got an expiring deal, and so the, you know, the Islanders had to come to a decision. But he's having a career year with massive power play production. 28 of his 62 points are on the power play this year. Um, and obviously he plays alongside John Tavares. Uh, I, I would have some concerns that if at some point over the next six years Josh Bailey isn't playing with John Tavares or uh, isn't on the, the first power play unit, uh, you may not like what you're getting, and uh, and then, then at five million a year may not, may not be such a good deal. And polishing off the zeros, Luke Glendening. Yes, anybody who uh, is fearing the Luke Glendening to Toronto rumors, uh, got some bad news for you. Uh, no points in the past six games, which is not unusual for Luke Glendening. But check this out: uh, shot attempts. He's 22.6 Corsi in the past six games. Uh, under 32% of the scoring chances, one goal, four or five against. And look, here's the thing is, this isn't unusual for him to get buried. I mean, getting buried to under 23% Corsi, that's unusual for anybody in the National Hockey League. But uh, over the course of his career, he's a, a minus eight uh, 
coursey relative um you know and that's look there are all kinds of centers around the league who get uh, shoved into defensive roles and they start a bunch of their shifts in the defensive zone and, and don't uh, do much on the attack. But Luke Glendening is at the very extreme of, of a guy who starts his shifts in the defensive zone and tends to stay in the defensive mm. zone. Uh, I don't know that a, a, any team, let alone the Maple Leafs, should be interested in taking him on uh, a contract that has three more years at $1.8 million, uh, after this one. Right. And Scotty, we'll finish things off. Uh, you wrote on tsn.ca in Statistically Speaking, uh, the Penguins land Brassard in three-team deal is the headline. And we talked a little bit about it earlier with Travis Yost about what, what does Vegas get out of this? Can you give us kind of a quick breakdown of what you think of the deal? Well, I mean, look, obviously from Pittsburgh's perspective, it's a tremendous deal. They get yeah. a guy who is who is a good second-line center, and they're going to play him as a third-line center. And, That's, wow. You know, these, this is uh, first-world problems for the Penguins. <laughs> you have so many good players that yeah. uh, they have to play down the lineup. So, yeah, they're they're – ready for another run at the cup and that that's really good for them the senators they got a decent return in terms of the assets coming back like this, if this goaltending prospect works out or the first round pick works out and um you know you've got another third round pick plus whatever they get for trading ian cole which we all assume is going to happen well you know you can you can make an argument that that's that's going to be worth it i mean it's going to take some time for it to, to pan out but maybe down the road uh, that'll work for them from the golden knights perspective um I don't know that um, taking on 40% of, uh, of Derek Broussard's contract is a really worthwhile investment for them, except, I mean, I have this kind of nagging suspicion that, um, that Gerard Gallant likes the idea of having Ryan Reeves in his lineup. Um, you know, I, if you go back to uh, his days in Florida, Sean Thornton seemed to end up in that Panthers lineup a whole lot more than, uh, than his play would suggest. And, and and so I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Golden Knights have have a spot on their fourth line earmarked for Ryan Reeves. And and you see, and this is kind of old habits die hard uh, because you know the the Golden Knights haven't had an enforcer on their roster this year. They've had I think eight fights total, um, and you know, and we we've seen the success that they've had. Uh, and now, do you think that adding Ryan Reeves to your fourth line is what this team needs to somehow play better? Uh, I would think not, hmm. but uh, but I do have this kind of suspicion in, in my head that that Gerard Gallant will, will be quite happy to take you know one of the toughest guys in the league and, and get him into his lineup. I, uh, I I'm not sure that it's worth it, but you know you, you can't make these decisions for them. Exactly, <laughs> interesting deal nonetheless. Uh, Scotty, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great. Thank you, Andy. All right. Scott Cullen, check out all his fine work Monday to Friday on tsn.ca and, of course, on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Well, that'll do it for our pre-NHL trade deadline edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. Remember, stay tuned, tsn.ca, TSN 1050 Radio, for all your trade deadline coverage and needs. So for producer Grady Sass, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 and across the TSN radio network.